It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing tonight, buddy? Well, uh, days like these, I'm glad we are a Milwaukee Bucks slash NBA podcast because um, having lived in the Boston area for like 15 years, um, I had no choice being a um, rational human being to come to hate Boston sports and uh, the New England Patriots. And uh, uh, for those who do follow uh, American football, uh, yeah, the New England Patriots just like won't go away. So I, I, we're recording this right after the Patriots just won to go to the Super Bowl, which was a stupid, a bummer. I had no stupid. Yeah. I mean, I had no, I had no real vested interest in the chiefs, but they just are fun and interesting. So I guess now at least I have a clear rooting interest in the Super Bowl. But um, like I said, at least uh, that's not what we have to talk about. Cause if that's what we had to talk about, I'd be annoyed. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. It's ugh, they make me sick. Just <laughs> they just do. Like, they are very well coached, and you know they have a very good quarterback. And uh, I mean, I I should probably appreciate their greatness, but ugh, nah. it's just obnoxious. I I just can't stand them. Um, so that's okay. Also, I, I I also still just don't understand how, like, will, will the NFL at some point like get fair fair ups in uh, in in overtime, especially for the playoffs? Like, it just it's always seemed crazy to me that, especially given that college fixed the issue, um, that in the NFL, like you know, like today, like the Chiefs just didn't get the ball, and oh, sorry, and and I realize their defense, you know, let them down, but I mean, I think it's just statistically, like, obviously, it's you know you're at a major disadvantage if, uh, if you don't win a coin toss in overtime. It just seems like such a weird thing that the NFL has, like, not done anything. Well, they, like, kind of did their little marginal, like, oh, you can get the ball back if they give, you give up a field goal. But I don't know. It just seems strange to me now that we've had 
the Patriots win like at least a couple, you know, massive a Super Bowl and a, an AFC Championship game by you know doing what they're supposed to do, but you know the other team not even getting a chance because of a coin flip. And also the, I mean, like every league, they're trying to encourage offense, so they've actively no. made getting stops harder. So right. to be like, oh, you know, all you got to do is get a stop to get the ball back. And it's like, well, you made it really hard to do that. So how am I supposed to do that? That's not cool. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's whatever. I'm happy that we don't. Have anyway, to- I just said I just said I was happy that we wouldn't have to talk about football in here. And we just like did. Forcing to talk about football. Okay. Milwaukee Bucks basketball. By the way, um, I, I found myself... Uh, you know, like if I don't know, like if you anyone who's ever like, you know, bought a car that they really liked or I'm sure there are lots of other things like this or, you know, I don't know when you're like a teenager, like your bicycle or something. I don't know, whatever it is. But like you get something and you just want to like stare at it sometimes. It's just cool to look at the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA standings kind of like that right now. I just kind of <laughs> like to bring up the, the NBA standings page, you know, every day at least once and just kind of go into my garage and just. Look at that uh that Bucks record at the top of the uh, win percentage standings for the whole league. Um, it's it's nice. It's, it's it's been that way all season. Obviously, it's kind of been going back and forth a little bit. But um, you know, I uh, I gotta say, Milwaukee Bucks seventy three point three percent win percentage, just ahead of the Toronto Raptors, well ahead of anybody in the in the Western Conference. Uh, it's nice. It's a nice thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the it's certainly not the worst thing to kind of look at, and you know, it's just. This team is is really kind of impressive to me that so many players are, and I was talking to Justin Garcia about this on I think they call it courtside live, like where they do the the pregame for home games, and then sometimes have like me and Matt and Kane like kind of stop by and and chat with Justin. But you know, the one thing I was talking to him about is that you know, like this is a team of. This is a team led by Giannis, who, you know, many times I've talked about, you know, he's kind of like a lunatic. Like he's, he's like, a, he, he wants everything to be perfect. He, he just wants, like nothing is good enough after playing 32 minutes. He, he, today he told us that, uh, after the game, they beat the Orlando Magic 118-108. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. But they win the game. He plays 32 minutes, and then he says he wants to get more shots up after the game, which he did on the game floor in Orlando, in the arena, immediately found the game because he said he was feeling out of shape. <laughs> out of shape. Giannis Adetokounmpo was feeling out of shape and felt like he needed to get some more shots up after playing 32 minutes against against Orlando Magic. And, you know, like, that's that's their leader. And, you know, I feel like there's been plenty of times in the history of NBA basketball and college basketball, of high school basketball, hell, middle school basketball, um, where you have a leader like that and the rest of the team is just like, dude come on, man, like, give us a break. Like, stop, stop telling us about how hard you work. Stop demanding so much. Like, you know, sometimes we go on the road and we lose games. And, you know, like, I mean, think of like a guy like Jimmy Butler, like think about how many people he's rubbed the wrong way. And again, maybe that's interpersonal skills, or whatever it may be. But like, there are people that, you know, have just pressed too hard and turned off a lot of guys in on this team. Like they just have a bunch of guys that are wired that way 
Like last week, Malcolm Brogdon tells us that he was mad that they lost that game to the Wizards for a two and one road trip instead of a three and zero road trip, and that the team expects to be undefeated on the road. And it's just like, what? No, like you can't do that. That's not that's not how this works. And I mean, I, I think to me that's always the thing where I think about when you see this team on top of the standings is like all those dudes are wired the exact same way, and they all want to be there, and they all just have created this chemistry where they're allowed to feel that way. Brooke Lopez is allowed to shake his head when he misses one out of eight threes and hits the other seven. Like they're just allowed to feel that way. And they've all kind of just worked off of each other and kind of created this really interesting, uh, this really interesting team that just strives for the absolute best at all times. Doesn't really ever give excuses and just plays really hard every night. Yeah. It's, it's funny with Giannis too. Cause it's like, he he's kind of like, he really threads the needle in terms of being like a super hard worker without being like, you know, the guy he worked out with last summer. Like he had, he's not like the, kind of weird introvert of a Kobe Bryant, you know, or like the kind of ego driven type guy that way either. Like he's kind of balances kind of that like insatiable work ethic with um, a really, I'd say ego less sort of approach. And he still is a guy who, you know, seems to really enjoy being with his teammates. Like I, I was tweeting on Friday. It seems like whenever the bucks tweet out there, you know, they show the video of the pregame huddle. It's always, you know, Dante DiVincenzo or, like, you know, I think like Trayvon Duval's done it. It's like basically one of the like rookies slash young guys who like has to lead the kind of like middle dance circle thing. Like I think DJ has done it too this season as well. And they always like end up sort of like looking at Giannis and they, I don't know what they, they have some kind of game. It looks like we're like, they're like Giannis is like kind of like mirroring them or something. And then kind of doing a little dance stuff. And like yeah. Giannis looks, he looks like happier than like any person ever when he's doing that in the pregame huddle. Like, him yes. like engaging pure joy, pure, pure joy. joy. And so he kind of like balances like that, like killer instinct with, you know, sort of that, like still childlike kind of glee. And obviously, um, you know, he's grown up a lot from, you know, smoothie and you know, loving smoothies and all that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of, you just, again, one more reason, like here, we, we like we're, we're knocking out our, uh, you know, worshiping at the altar of uh, the freak uh, a session here on Monday uh, of this week, you know, doing our praise Giannis segment early as we should. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of funny with him. Like he, he kind of just, he just, I don't know, just always seems to say the right things. Now I will say this, Giannis, if you're worried about being in shape, just go run on the hotel treadmill, like getting up shots. That's <laughs> the best way to do that. But you know, whatever, we'll let a, we'll let that one slide. Um, but yeah, it is funny. He might not let that slide though. All of a sudden, you're going to be the <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. The subject of his post game rant, Frank. That's what you're going to get. So watch yourself. That that's true. Fortunately, uh, you know, he I don't think he he follows my tweets like uh, like yours. Although you, he probably has like seen some of mine just because of it. Well, he used to follow me back in the day. He used to follow a lot more people, and then he I think he like I looked at it the other day because I was curious. Um, after he made those comments, uh, you know, expressing his mock disappointment in you. Um, and yeah, it seems like he doesn't follow any media people right now. So, which is, it's just fair, right? Cause it's kind of like keeping it close yeah. to the vest. Um, but obviously he, you know, betrayed, <laughs> betrayed that by, by, uh, by suggesting that he apparently does read your tweets and, um, so by definition, I'm, I think you've retweeted me at some point. So hopefully <laughs> nothing, nothing offensive to be honest. Um, 
but uh but yeah so it's uh it's definitely um a nice thing but yeah i mean you look at the box scores um he played 37 minutes on january 9th in houston then he missed the next game in washington he played 31 minutes on sunday against the hawks 25 minutes on tuesday against the heat 22 minutes against the, the grizzlies on wednesday 32 minutes on saturday so that was the most minutes he'd played in basically, you know, almost like basically a week and a half. So if, if his uh, stamina was, uh, you know, tested a little bit, um, it yeah, well, maybe it was a little bit because he hasn't had to play very much. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, funny kind of sub note to so kind of note to that game, which um, was one of the more unremarkable games uh, of the Bucks season in a good way, um, because this was just sort of a Bucks taking care of business type game did not have sort of the, you know, uh, third quarter, like single period of domination, and then the magic come back and make it closer than it seemed type type feel. It was about as close as it ended up. You know, the magic kind of made it a, a little bit, a little bit hairy in the fourth quarter. But um, ultimately, the Bucks just being better. Magic on the second night of a back to back. No Aaron Gordon. Um, you know, granted, the match didn't have to travel because they played at home the night before. But um, but yeah, I mean, the Bucks did what they were supposed to do. Eric Bledsoe was great. Um, Malcolm Brogdon was fine. Giannis was fine and um, DJ Wilson did stuff again so uh, you know just rack up wins and keep staring at those standings and admiring uh, admiring the view we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of interesting that this team so often you said, you know, you get that third quarter and it's a, it's a wrap and that's that's going to be what it is. And, you know, it just felt like the first two quarters, they took care of business, had a nice lead at the half. And then third quarter, they kind of let it slip. Fourth quarter, it gets kind of close. Uh, and again, I use close kind of in like air quotes, but you know, it, it did get down to single digits and it was tightish there for a little while. And then, uh, oddly enough, after, I mean, a freezing cold start from Chris Middleton, he hits the big pull up three, um, which has just been a great move for him when he decides to use it this year, when he gets a switch on, uh, from a big, uh, but he hits that. And then, you know, I, I think so. I'm trying to think who else had so, one did, Bledsoe had one and you're just again that everyone just kind of comes up and I mean Bledsoe has just been huge the last week or so he's he's really been feeling himself um and it's really it's really I guess kind of comforting to know that he can find his comfort zone so easy in this offense and so easily with this roster um just because, like, you know, you watch that game, 30 points, 12 of 14, and he said it in the post game, but I can't remember who asked. Someone was just like, oh, you know, like, obviously a hot night for you, 12 of 14. Like, what was going for you? Like, did was your shot feeling good? And he just, like, was like, I mean, I, I was just shooting layups. Like, I don't know if you can get hot shooting layups. And it was like, yeah, I mean – 
yeah, <laughs> when when the other team doesn't have a matchup for Bledsoe at point guard, and again, it's the NBA is full of really talented point guards, but you know, on a night where you're going up against DJ Augustine and Isaiah Briscoe, like yeah, Bledsoe is going to have the physical advantage, whether that's speed and quickness or whether that's literal strength, like. It, Either way, he's going to have the advantages and be able to kind of do what he wants. And I mean, I think we we largely saw that. And you know, I just think it's it's great to see this year, just to see that more often. And, and for Bledsoe to know that, you know, when when the team needs him to do that, that he can do it. He can the like the floor is spread enough that it like the degree of difficulty on all of those finishes isn't where it was last year, like there's just going to be space. He's going to have to make a, a couple simple moves on whoever's covering him. Um, maybe put a, a shoulder into the the guy's chest and have him fly by and then put an easy layup. Like it, 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 it when it's going well and, and when he has a positive matchup, it can be incredibly easy for Eric Bledsoe this year. Well, first off, I'm shocked that you would imply Eric Bledsoe is, is better than DJ Augustine, your, your guy, DJ Augustine. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, looking at the he last, was three for four from the three point line. That's was, what matters. Was. Uh, last five games, um, Bledsoe only twenty six minutes per game, but has averaged twenty one points, six assists, five rebounds, a couple steals per game, shooting fifty three percent from the field. Um, only still thirty percent from the, the three point line in those games. He was two out of three on Saturday. Um, he's had he's had hit two threes in five straight games, but he's also taken a bunch in most of those games. So. Um, hasn't really been, uh, again, 31% for the year. So a uh, little below his, his career numbers last year, he was 35, he's 33% for his career. Um, obviously you would like to get that number back up a little bit, but you know, we know he's not ever going to be a great three point shooter. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, the, the spacing effect that, you know, coming into the year, everyone sort of focused on Giannis. I think we talked a bit about Bledsoe also being a guy who would benefit and, you know, sure enough, I mean, last year he was excellent at finishing 70% in the restricted area this year, 77% in the restricted area um, <clears> while bumping up his, uh, his total, you know, proportion of shots there from 30% to 37%. So getting to the, getting to the paint um, more and hitting more shots from there as well. Um, and, you know, interestingly, I mean, he's, he's also shooting a career best 44% on long, th- long twos. Um, but, that's a small sample number. Only 4% of his shots have come on long twos this season. Last year it was 12%. Wow. Um, or sorry. Yeah. Last year was 12%. Just think how many possessions ended last year with Giannis Bledsoe pick and rolls and the defense just saying, there's no way in hell you're throwing Giannis the ball and Bledsoe shooting a mid range jumper. Like that was, I feel like every possession, I know it wasn't that often, but it did feel like, that. yeah, I mean, that was the irony, right. That I think, um, I think a lot of people felt that way that it seemed like he took a lot of shots like that. Um, but I know we also talked about, I mean, the reality is he really didn't for a point guard, he really didn't take many long twos. I mean, just 12% of his shots last year, but this yeah. year, you know, two thirds hacked off that, um, taking just, uh, just 4% of his shots. Um, so that, that's obviously a, a very good trend to see that he's, you know, embodying that, um, that, that, you know, bud sort of ethos of basically shooting threes or, or layups basically. Um, and actually looking at cleaning the glass, they, they, I was just using the, the, um, uh, 
basketball reference numbers, clean the glass has him at 44% at the rim, 44% of his shots at the rim. Um, so they have it even kind of more, more stark um, there. And he's just in the fourth percentile in terms of total mid range shots for point guards. So um, yeah, even though he's not a prolific three point shooter, he he's really kind of further cut that out of his game last year. He was 22% in the 22nd percentile. So very few long twos anyway, um, but even fewer, fewer this year. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Bledsoe has, has, you know, embraced things. I know there's, I think still understandable concern, you know, Hey, when he's a free agent, you know, if you give him a big contract, what, what changes, right. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever, all you can do is kind of, you know, be happy with, with kind of the way he has, um, I'd say embrace things on both ends. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, it's, it says a lot about the bucks, I think, and the way that their you know, system works that Bledsoe shooting 31% and like, none of us are sitting around saying like, Oh crap, we got to get a better shooting, you know, point guard right now. We'll see in the playoffs, right? I think with all these guys, we'll see if any of that changes in the playoffs. But, yeah. um, you know, I think we're seeing, I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks can score plenty of points, even if Bledsoe doesn't, you know, take and make a bunch of three-point shots. Um, their system is just, you know, set up to, to let a lot of guys, um, you know, be able to kind of uh, compensate for that. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, so shout out to Eric Bledsoe because we were beginning to get worried a little bit. I don't think he's out of his, you know, three-point shooting slump, but um, certainly seems to be kind of, getting back on track. And last year, you know, people might remember uh, he had kind of a weird funk in sort of late January and then had maybe an ankle injury, um, had some kind of emo games where he didn't really seem to do much, fouled a lot. Um, And then from start of February on to the end of the season, at least regular season, uh, he was great. And uh, obviously wheels came off a bit in the season, but um, you know, again, hopefully he stays healthy. That's always, I mean, we've been really spoiled since he came to the box. I mean, he's really been very durable and you almost hate to say it because of just his, his past injury with some, you know, knee issues and, and all that. But, um, you know, you just cross your fingers and bucks in general have had good injury, um, you know, uh, injury avoidance, uh, this year. And, um, obviously with blood. So I think they're managing his minutes. Well, I mean, he's only playing 29 minutes per game. Um, so hopefully that, uh, that helps keep him yep. fresh and, you know, helps him avoid uh, avoid any kind of nagging injuries or, or major injuries as well. Yeah, I, I was going to say one thing that I've found interesting with this team is, um, you know, you look at their three-point attempts on Saturday night, just 30 of them. And this month, you, you look at their three-point attempts per game, it's down to 32.9 um, in October, 40.6, in November, 40.4, in December, 38.4 now uh, to 32.9. But, you know, as you mentioned, like, it's not hurting their offense. <laughs> they're, they're still putting up uh, a bunch of points. And, you know, I think it's kind of interesting um, – you know, I think so often we talk about being able to win different ways in the playoffs. And I feel like, I don't want to say exclusively, but most of the time we're talking about defense, right? Like you're, you're talking about being able to switch certain actions. You're talking about being able to use, uh, you know, big lineups, small lineups, whatever it is to match up with other people. And, you know, like it's felt like this entire uh, this entire month, but I mean, I guess we're three weeks into this month, like this entire month, they've just had some games where it's been like, okay, the magic suck. We're going to go to the basket every single time. Oh, no one on the Hawks can cover us. It doesn't matter who I'm talking about at the moment. They can't cover us. We're just going to go to the rack and just put up a bunch of points. And, you know, like it, it shows a, you know, a side of this team that I don't necessarily know, 
or I didn't necessarily know that they had. Like, I, I, you know, me thinking of Chris Middleton going to the rack and trying to do that, like, okay, it's probably not great. And since he isn't quite as athletic, I don't think he finishes quite as well there. And uh, he should probably get some more calls, but he's just like long and slow. So he doesn't really get calls. And like, it, it's just weird to watch this team play like this because you, I think we all kind of know that, you know, like let it fly is their ethos and that's what they're about. But this month they, they really haven't played that way. And, and yet like, you know, they're still, still winning games pretty handily. Um, and I don't know, it's just, it's just weird watching this team play in this style. Yeah. I mean, I think when we've talked about some of the kind of the evolution of the roster and how that has led to probably, you know, swapping out some higher volume three point shooters for lower volume three point shooters. Um, I think, you know, Middleton's three point attempt numbers are down. Um, and I kind of worry that he's getting away from that a little bit, although, um, you know, Again, we'll see kind of how that goes for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, ironically, Bled- just wait while we're still there. When is the last time he had that transition three? Like, you know, the so he's on the left wing. Someone brings up the right wing and then they just bring like the the little like the little screen from the center across oh. and just bring them right across the arc. Yeah. Like, I, he hasn't had one of those in, in a month. Yeah. I mean, and, and part of part of it. And I can't even really remember them necessarily even trying to run it, although I mean, at this point, obviously, everybody kind of, I mean, the, the Bucks, all, all the normal stuff they do is on film at this point, obviously. So, um, you know, it probably yep. makes sense that, that teams would, would kind of hedge that better and, and not give that up as much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at, you know, Bledsoe's actually, like I mentioned, he's still been shooting a lot of threes. hasn't been making them. Um, Brogdon, interestingly, I mean, Brogdon has not shot many threes all year. I mean, you know, we always talk about him being a 50-40-90 guy, but... Um, but his volume of threes is, I mean, he, especially this month is not particularly high. And again, kind of his, you know, the, the whole revolutionary war musket kind of, you know, issue is part of that. And also just cause I mean, he's, he's yep. been able to kind of make so much hay driving. That. It's like, he's kind of a drive first guy right now um, who isn't really even necessarily even looking to, um, you know, pop that shot necessarily. It's, it's more like he shoots it to set up his drive rather than kind of the other way around. And um you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, an interesting thing. I mean, per 36, last year he shot four threes per game, this year 4.4. So it's not like Brogdon per minute is even, you know, really taking that many threes. And, you know, if you look at per 100 possessions, which kind of pulls out as well the fact that, you know, the Bucks are playing a bit faster pace. Last year, 5.6 three-pointers per third, per 100 possessions. This year, 5.8. So, I mean, he's barely inched up in terms of the volume of his threes this year. He's actually still very selective. He's not you know, letting it fly really. Um, but obviously he's been very effective. He's, you know, I mean, obviously you look at the, the Bucks offense, you say, well, I guess it's working pretty well. Um, but, you know, your shooting guard basically doesn't jack threes. Your point guard kind of jacks threes, but isn't that good at them? And then Chris Middleton, who we know can shoot threes, is cutting back on his threes. And your power yep. forward obviously doesn't want to shoot threes and isn't good at them. Um, and Giannis, so it's a little interesting because you look at the like the the starting five. I mean, kind of Brook Lopez and Bledsoe are really the only two guys that you would say are letting it fly. And so it's kind of and, and Bledsoe obviously hasn't been shooting the ball that well. So yeah, it's an interesting kind of dynamic with the starters in particular. Um, but even the bench guys, um, you know, we talked about it. When we were talking about like, well, what what could the Bucks go after in a you know in a trade and. Again, I don't think there's really like an obvious trade the Bucks are going to make, but 
Um, you know, even the guys that are right now in the rotation, um, you know, DJ has been very good shooting the three, but you know, he took five on Saturday, which I think is probably the most he's taken ever. I have, I'd have to double check. Um, but he doesn't really look to pop it that much. Hopefully he'll shoot more of them as he gets a little more confident, a little more comfortable offensively. Um, Ursan's never really been a high volume guy, even though he can shoot threes and George Hill and Sterling Brown. And he, you know, Tony Snell probably a little lesser. I think Tony's doing, trying to get more threes up. Um, but like all these guys, and you know, when you take DiVincenzo and Connaughton out, and obviously they're out in part because they just couldn't make threes. Um, but you take out those guys, Thon obviously is a guy who really lets it fly. Um, you know, you've kind of taken out uh, some of the guys who you'd look at and say, well, those are guys who are just going to, you know, let it rip from three. And, um, you know, fortunately those guys can do other things. So it's not like they're bad offensive players who not, don't do anything um, other than, you know, when they're not shooting threes that they're not doing anything else. But, um, you know, certainly the, the three point attempt numbers um, per possession per game, I think um, there's definitely been, been some, um, you know, I don't want to say backsliding, but it's like, you know, you look at it, Thon and Dante 6.9 per 36 minutes. Um, Pat Connaughton 6.7 per 36 minutes. Uh, and even John Henson five, was at 5.9 per 36 minutes. And, you know, you compare that to Ursan, he's only 4.7 per 36. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it's, it's kind of all that stuff. It sort of adds up, right? Like a lot of guys who just don't want to shoot a, shoot a bunch of them. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I, I, I'm not saying that it's like some big issue, but it's something worth watching. Cause as you said, I mean, the, the nature of the offense has changed a bit and, I'd say even though they obviously are still shooting more threes than last year by a long margin, um, you know, they kind of have, have returned to maybe some of their old habits a little bit in terms of some of the guys who don't necessarily want to shoot threes or don't have that quick trigger or are not shooting as quickly. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Yeah, um, and you know, it, the tough part is kind of bouncing out because it's just like, okay, well... You know, I I tend to like Malcolm Brogdon driving to the basket. Like he's he's pretty good at it. Uh, yeah. And then it's and like, flash, we don't we uh, don't trust him to take like contested off the dribble threes, right? That's like not his game either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, Giannis, like you would like him to take some more, but obviously, like he doesn't make a ton. And you know, obviously, Middleton had like a bunch of he he still has a career high three point attempt rate. Um, and I'm, I'd be curious this month what he is per 36. Um, I would guess it's still more, but it's it's obviously not what it was uh, at the start of the year for him. And, you know, like you're just – and I think teams are doing a, a much better job at running Brook Lopez off the line. Like you're not seeing those like 12 attempt nights that he had at the start of the year when everyone was like, oh, 
he's actually going to do this every time he touches the ball. Like teams are aware of that. And, you know, like I do think just kind of overall, this is, this is what happens when teams get film on you. Like this, this is what, this is what happens in the middle of the season. Like everyone's kind of seen, I think I'm trying to think who hasn't seen the bucks yet, but you know, most of the league has seen the bucks once. Uh, some of them have seen them twice and, now they're starting to get comfortable with, you know, what they're starting to do and what they're trying to do. And uh, I don't know if how to stop it is the right way to say it, but, you know, like they're just aware of what's going to happen, like that those looks. And the Middleton one was just an example that I thought of right away. But, you know, there were so many games at the start of the year where it was, I mean, there's not a set simpler in the entire league than that one like Giannis dribbles the ball at the right side you have a big in the middle that big sets a, just a little cross screen for Middleton to go from the left wing to the middle of the floor and hit a three like it's about as easy as it gets it's as simple as it gets and uh, Middleton hasn't had one of those in a long time and it's just like well if if you're thinking about this Bucks lineup it's like okay well cover Brogdon close enough that he doesn't get a wide open three Bledsoe, if he wants to shoot a bunch, you're probably okay with it. Like you're probably going under and even encouraging it. And Lopez, you're going to run off the line. And Middleton, I think you're just going to make sure he doesn't get super easy ones because obviously, um, as we've known over the years, like Chris isn't uh, like a Clay Thompson gunner type. Or I guess maybe he is because Clay Thompson apparently likes mid range jumpers as well this year. But uh, that's a different story. But like I think this is just kind of the the evolution of a season in many ways where you're just gonna you're gonna see teams start to take away some of the things that the bucks like to do and uh you're gonna have to watch the team attempt to figure out how to get those things or get different things and i think it's i think it makes for a a fun kind of i don't even know if it's a chess match because the bucks are winning by a, a lot over a bunch of these teams but you know like that is kind of how the season goes. Like you got to figure out what's going to work for you as you get to the end of the season and what looks you can get and how you can get them. And, um, you know, I think it's part of the fun of, a of an 82 game NBA schedule. And like I said, right now the bucks are kind of being forced to change things, but in doing so they're, they're still winning basketball games, which is a good thing. Um, all right, let's look through the box score real quick. And then I think we can probably wrap up for today. Uh, Giannis, 25 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, two steals, five turnovers. He was a plus 20 in 32 minutes. Uh, one of three from the three point line, Middleton cold shooting night to start. Um, I think Oh, for six to start. I'm not hundred percent sure on that one. Um, but ends the night six for 15, 15 points, three rebounds, three assists and a turnover plus two on the night. Eric Bledsoe plus 24 on the night, 30 points, seven rebounds, two assists, 12 of 14 shooting super efficient night for him. Uh, and then Brogdon, a, a very efficient night for him as well. But you know, you can, you can see oh, just over two from three, but eight of 11 from the field, 18 points for him on the night. Uh, you mentioned DJ Wilson, two of five from the three point line. He's taken five threes in back to back games. Those are career high, uh, five threes in a game for him. Obviously that super hot, uh, night in Memphis. And then just a, another solid night for him. And, uh, Tony Snell, two of two from the three point line, six points for that bench unit. Um, I think that's about, I mean, that's kind of covering the box or anything else that stood out to you in that Orlando game? Uh, no, I mean, the uh, uh, Giannis getting uh, a couple of marginal calls to go his way on um, uh, <laughs> like a looked like 
Jonathan Isaac blocked him clean early on. I think uh, there was some low contact on a body that wasn't called, but um, that was interesting. And then looked like Isaac might have had a good call for, or a good uh, argument for a charge, and Giannis got the block call on that. Um, so, wow, Giannis not being punished for guys falling down for a change. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> um, maybe we just look real quickly. Uh, so, as people are listening to us, um, it's Martin Luther King Day. So, um, hope uh, people are uh, enjoying the day, using it as a day of reflection for the great legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. And the NBA, obviously, since I was a kid, I can remember, I don't know how long it goes back, but um, you should probably look that up. But uh, I, I always liked the fact that the NBA, you know, celebrated um, Martin Luther King Day by having these matinee games. Buxer will have one on Monday at one o'clock, which, okay, we always worry about these, you know, randomly scheduled day games. Um regardless of the opponent um they're playing the dallas mavericks and luka Doncic. um by the way uh i I've, i hear if i hear from um eastern europeans that that Doncic is the proper pronunciation i'm just like not, no Doncic. Not Doncic. no Don. Doncic. yeah so okay. i and i think yeah. i think i heard zach lowe say it that way so even though uh luka is slovenian <laughs> if one person was gonna say it correctly yeah. now he's uh, not he's not croatian he's, like, yeah. he's slovenian but um, you know, don't you, I'm going with, no one is more worried about European pronunciations on a podcast outside of you than Zach. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I skew more German. Um, and speaking of which I actually find it interesting. <laughs> so Dennis Smith jr. Has like been away, away from the team and sort of not technically demanding a trade, but sort of trying to force a trade. Uh, he may, it sounds like he's returning, um, not against the, the uh, Bucks, but on Tuesday against the Clippers. So uh, no Dennis Smith Jr. at the point guard. And so I'm, I'm looking at the probable starters, and they've got Luca, Wes Matthews, uh, Harrison Barnes, Maxi. I'm going to say Kleba, uh, although I think the, 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 it's well done. the supposed pronunciation, I think they say is Kleba, um, which isn't at least that far. But um, Kleba, Klebstoff is uh, glue in German. Um, so like Kleber mm-hmm. would be like someone who like sticks things together. Um, there may be some metaphor here for how Maxi Kleber plays, but um, he's actually been a pretty good <laughs> versatile defender for them. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually curious because you've got Kleba and DeAndre Jordan at the big spots and you've got like no sort of traditional small point guard. So I think it's going to be an interesting game to watch because, um, you know, I guess Eric Bledsoe guards Wes Matthews or do they put him on Luca or yeah. what do you, I don't know, like what you kind of do there. Um, and then um, Maxi Kleba is like actually really, I think well suited to defending Giannis, at least sort of size wise. They're basically the same listed size, 6'11", 240. Um, uh, the, the German has been um, a pretty, pretty good defender these last couple of years since he came to the NBA. Um, but the flip side is I, I still kind of wonder long-term, if we're going to see more teams play their centers against Giannis with the way Brooks faces the court. And obviously Deandre Jordan does not want to defend, you know, 25, 30 feet from the basket. So I, I don't know. Part of me wonders like, would they, would they throw Deandre on Giannis um, and put, you know, Kleber who's more, um, more versatile, more mobile out to guard Brook. So anyway, kind of, I'm just sort of, that's like a, a thing I'm curious, you know, in the, in the whole spirit of what you mentioned, like teams making adjustments and the Bucks kind of adjusting mm-hmm. and playing different ways. I think, you know, we saw really the, the Gobert on Giannis um, matchup was probably the first time we've really kind of seen that noticeably. Um, the Knicks played the kind of like centers like Mitchell Robinson and Noah Vonley's kind of a center sometimes um, against him with to 
at least it looked like it kind of worked okay, even though Giannis still cooked those guys. Um, so I'm kind of curious if that might become more a thing, maybe not so against the Mavericks. Um, but, you know, this is a team, I don't know, it feels like the Bucks have had some, in the last few years, like they've had some like really annoying games against the Mavericks. Um, and it feels like when things get annoying, it's because Wes Matthews hits way more shots than he should. And Harrison Barnes hits like all of the contested mid-range jump shots. Um, so those are like the two things that shouldn't happen as much as they typically have against the Bucks. Uh, I feel like yep. the Mavs fans who I know and follow on Twitter just perpetually complain about Wes Matthews. Um, he's in a contract, a lot of speculation about, you know, could he be used in some sort of trade? Um, but uh, obviously the former Marquette guy, um, you know, has been a good NBA player for a long time. He's hitting 39% from three this year. He's not bashful, um, but hopefully we get bad Wes Matthews uh, against the Bucks. So, um so we'll see because the mavericks is interesting i mean they have they definitely have some talent in their starting five but they've really been propelled by their uh their bench units this season that's been kind of a common thread over the past couple of years um although they just lost jj berea to uh, a torn achilles which is obviously a big blow and uh so we'll we'll see um you know again i'm i'm almost i'm you know as much as jj berea should not scare you like He's so annoying and pest-like um, that I'm, you know, I don't wish him an Achilles tear, but I'm happy, relieved slash relieved not to have to play him because I don't know. I'm just having like visions of like him taking charges against Giannis and Mitch Matt mismatch things like that, which is mm-hmm. just like the most JJ Barea thing to do. So, um, so I don't know. What what do you think about this? Uh, the other note of this game uh, costs us a data Kumbo is traveling with the Mavericks. He's been playing uh, in the G League this season, but they let him. Uh, travel with the team in Milwaukee. Um, I know Giannis, you know, said something today in the uh, media availability about how special it would be to play against him. Um, but, or I think, or maybe it was the other way around, but whatever, they're not going to play against each other in this game. But uh, unless something's gone horribly wrong uh, for the Mavs that, that cost us is playing in an NBA game against Giannis. Yeah, no, I'd, that, that would be really terrifying um, if that would actually end up happening. Um, other than just, you know, a favor from, Mike Boonholzer or something to let Giannis play some garbage time or something. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think with this, I guess what's interesting with Doncic um, is that he does a really nice job using screens and getting around screens. And, you know, he doesn't do it super quickly, um, but he has those like step backs and he's just old man game. Yeah, and and it's just he's just generally kind of slippery, and I guess why I would say maybe Bledsoe makes sense for him is because Bledsoe is so good at those kind of rearview contests and you know fighting around things and corralling players into the area they need to be. But I mean, Doncic is six foot eight; like (laughs) it's pretty serious. And uh, I mean, I guess that's the tough part with this Mavericks team is that just so many of those guys like they put out a lot of size. Like that, that's a Doncic and Matthews and Barnes. Like that's, that's a pretty big three. Um, not big three as in being very good, but big three as in being large and tall, um, just being big. Uh, so I, that, I think ironically enough, though, I don't think the, the Mavericks are like a great team or anything. They oddly just, present a lot of strange matchups for any team and maybe matchups you you're not going to love um because uh, yeah i don't I, if you don't go bledsoe on Doncic, uh 
I don't know. I don't know exactly where uh, you go with him, and you know then how you try to mix around Brogdon and in Middleton. So that I, I probably I probably worry the most about Brogdon yeah. just because Brogdon kind of has like the well, and again I love it if you prove me wrong, but I just think of Malcolm as having kind of the like least optimal combination of can't get over screens easily and you know he has a 611 wingspan but i i don't think of him as being like a guy who is just going to be able to like bother shots as much like we've seen chris like defend tall yeah. guys well like like durant and Kawhi, and do like make them have to be very honest in sort of the way they play um whereas you know yeah. brogdon i don't know doesn't really stand out to me as a defender particularly um even though he is strong and, and has a good wingspan right. and in theory should defend multiple positions as as dean pointed out last week you know i, I think there's something to sort of the idea that brogdon is just like an undersized small forward a little bit like there's some of that um but yeah i, I don't know yeah. I, I i think I, what, what you just mentioned about Bledsoe, i think actually kind of resonates with me a fair bit. So I think that's actually a pretty interesting um, idea. Flip side, I don't, um, is there, I mean, I don't know who's, who's keeping up with Eric Bledsoe on the other, on the other end. Um, if they can, if they can yeah, stretch them out, um, you know, especially if Jordan's having to really pay attention to three point line, um, you know, Bledsoe, man, he's gotten to the rim so much this year and uh, Wes Matthews at his age, Luca at his size and, you know, without his, you know, obviously not a, not a lateral acceleration guy um, that yeah. Bledsoe could, could have a, yep. a nice night attacking closeouts and just driving on guys. And and I am curious, you mentioned the centers covering Giannis kind of thing. Like the, the jazz went for it and you know, like I, that's, that's totally fine. And as I mentioned at the time, like not everyone has a Rudy Gobert, but you know, I do wonder if we get another five or 10 games into the season and everyone's just like, yeah, it's, it's nice when Giannis doesn't just dunk on everyone. So let's put this, this center on him. And obviously he's dunked on plenty of centers. Um, hi, Marcus all. Um, but you know, like you, you try to, uh, I just feel like as the season goes on, like you have to try to find different ways to mess with Giannis's flow and uh, you know, how he's got it going. And, you know, maybe that's a way I, I honestly thought after we saw Gobert do it, that we'd see it a little bit more often than we have, but uh, you know, that is a pretty unique thing. And that's also very specific game planning for a very specific player on a, on a, it's a very specific team. So, um, you know, maybe Quinn Snyder's the, the only lunatic out there that wants to drop a specific game plan for, uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, but we'll see if other teams do it. Cause I, th- I do think it's an interesting r- wrinkle, uh, for other defenses going forward. So we'll see if, if the Bucks have to deal with that at all against the Mavericks, we'll see if the Mavericks throw that at them on Monday afternoon. Um, I think that's going to be it. Hopefully you're able to listen to this episode before the game. Um, even though, I mean, I think most people have off of work or some people have off of work. Hopefully, uh, like you said, Frank, you can have some time to reflect on the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, during during your MLK day and, you know, maybe get to watch some basketball and not have to work. That would be great uh, as well. So that is going to be it for us for today. We'll talk to you after the game. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.